Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. And today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster Only, working from my home studio in New York. Well, today we have Matt Vescursion, play-by-play man on Sunday Night Baseball. And Sarah Langs will join us as well. But let's get to the good stuff. The Cardinals just keep on rolling. They blew out Milwaukee 10-2 on Wednesday with a lot of help from Paul Goldschmidt. One and two the count to Goldschmidt, and he hits a high fly ball deep left field. This ball is way out of here. Up on the upper deck in deep left center field. Big fly Paul Goldschmidt, and the Cardinals add two more. An absolute blow. Goldschmidt, three for four in this game, four runs scored. And during the Cardinals' 11-game winning streak, Goldschmidt batting 350 with a 449 on base percentage, a 725 slugging percentage, 17 runs scored. In the race for the National League West, the Giants faced the fading Padres, and Chris Bryant helped build a big lead over San Diego. And the 1-2 swing and a drive out toward right center field toward the alleyway. This one gets down for extra bases all the way to the wall. LaStella is in. Belt scores. Posey rounding third. And a bases clearing three-run double. Chris Bryant drives them all in. And it's 3-0 Giants still only one out in the first. San Francisco would take an 8-2 lead in this game and hold on and win 8-6. The Dodgers, before their game on Wednesday, activated outfielder A.J. Pollock from the injured lists just a few weeks after he suffered a hamstring injury. They are short on outfielders with Cody Bellinger being down as well. By the end of the night, after the Dodgers lost to the Rockies 10-5, the Giants had gained another game on L.A. L.A. now just two games behind the Giants in the race for the National League West. The race for the second wild card is just about over. St. Louis leading Philadelphia and Cincinnati by four and a half games. The Padres by six games. Speaking of the Reds. They announced that manager David Bell has gotten a two-year extension running through the 2023 season. A weird play in the Braves game in Arizona. Here's the first pitch. He launches one. Deep left center field. Back to the wall. McCarthy, he will give it a leap. And he... No sign yet. He's out. Now Duvall ran past Riley on the bases. Did it go out? Did you see a signal from anyone? Nobody. It is a home run, but he passed Riley. Yeah, he's going to be out for passing Riley. Yeah, the fielder, center fielder, knocked the ball over the fence. It should have been a three-run homer for Adam Duvall, but Austin Riley, thinking the ball had been caught, uh, had raced back toward first base, and that's when Duvall passed him. Didn't matter in the end. The Braves blew out the Diamondbacks. They win there, and so did the Phillies with defensive help from Bryce Harper. Opposite way, a base hit it to right field. Severino's coming home. Harper's throw to the plate is on the fly. He's out at home plate. He had no chance to get to the dish. 9-2 on the putout. The Phillies hold on to a one-run lead. The Phillies, three games behind Atlanta in the National League East. In the American League wildcard race, the Red Sox face the Mets. Kyle Schwarber was in the lineup, which means damage. He hits another high fly ball. Way back in right field. 
towering blast and gone over the Mets' bullpen. Kyle Schwarber's second home run of the night. Sean McDonough, WEI 93.7 FN. It seems like every time Kyle Schwarber faces the Mets, he hits a couple of home runs. Boston wins 12 to 5. The Yankees face the Rangers. Bottom of the eighth inning was tied 3 all. Line to right field. That is going to be a base hit. It'll go into the corner. Gallo will score. Torres goes to second with a humongous RBI double. That's right. Michael Kay and the Yes Network. The Yankees go on and win that game 7-3. to Earlier in the day, the Rays and the Jays and Tampa Bay cruised to a win. They had a big lead. And in the bottom of the eighth inning, Kevin Kiermaier came to the plate. He, of course, was involved in that controversy with the Jays earlier in the week when he slid across home plate and picked up the information card left behind by Jays catcher Alejandro Kirk. It had dropped on the ground. The two managers of the teams had talked. Charlie Montoyo, the Jays manager, said it was water under the bridge. Well, apparently not. Here's what happened in the bottom of the eighth. And Kiermaier is hit by that pitch. And uh, we know what has gone on with all of that. Kiermaier not happy being escorted up that first base line by the plate umpire Bruce Dreckman. And both benches now are emptying. And the umpiring crew will try to sort this out. Yeah, the bench is emptied sort of. Taylor, I think you would agree with me. Uh, that was the most tentative bench clearing incident <laughs> we've ever seen. Because like everyone is like, really, we got to go out there. Uh, it certainly betrayed the feeling that folks, not only on the on the uh, the Rays side, but the J side, were not invested in this retaliation. No, and it really made me think. Like they're all thinking, is it worth it? Do it? like they just were going through the motions. It was very awkward. Honestly, like I kind of I, I wish there was real bad blood, but this showed that they're probably maybe just like a, a drop of bad blood. Well, and you wonder if it was, a, you know, a small pocket of people involved in this. Here was Kevin Kiermeyer after the game. Yeah, it didn't hurt at all. I didn't even feel it. Um, you know, I I had a feeling at, at I thought earlier in the game if they were going to do it. Uh, you know, maybe my first first at bat, and then once once that was over, I thought uh, we turned the page. Um, but at the same time, right there, you know, I, I really wasn't even I wasn't even that mad. Uh, you, you you try to be you try to think about things before they happen, and I just wanted to be a leader in that situation. It didn't square me up very good, so it didn't really uh, infuriate me right away. I, w- I wasn't thrilled about it by any means, but. Um, you know, to see my teammates have my back and, uh, you know, it was no surprise to me whatsoever. But all I cared about today was win the series and that's what we did. So I'm a happy man and um, you know, I don't know who we're going to play the first round, but I, uh, well, no, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll, ju- I'll just leave it at that. Buck Martinez, a longtime announcer for the Jays, said on their broadcast right after it happened, he thought it was a bad look for the Jays. It was Ryan Barucki, the pitcher who was out there on the mound. I was, I went and I wanted to go down and away. Um, as I was coming forward, I felt the, felt the ball slipping out of my hand and I missed up and up and in and I accidentally hit him. Um, they can think what they want over there in their locker room, but it is what it is. And that's really all I got. Yeah, that's his story. And he's sticking to it, Taylor. What do you got? 
Buster, Once Upon a Time in Queens, streaming now, four-part series on ESPN Plus and the ESPN app. Training camp is underway in the NHL, so you should listen to ESPN's newest podcast, In the Crease, with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Organized Chaos is going to hit you in the face on Mondays with Rex Ryan and Bart Scott recapping the weekend in NFL action. And to get ready for week four of college football, I implore you to listen to the ESPN College Football Podcast. Kevin Nagandi, your friend Buster, and Joey Galloway giving out the picks today. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Matt Biscursion, play-by-play man on Sunday Night Baseball. My teammate, Matt, how you doing? Good, Buster. Uh, Here we are, you know. The penultimate, the uh, final stretch here. And, um, you know, everything has gone exactly how we thought it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be talking with you. Uh, we'd go down to 11 days left in the season, uh, in the regular season, and I'd be asking you about a pilfered lineup card left in the dirt. Or not a lineup <laughs> card, a, a, a information card left by a catcher in the dirt. But that's what we had yesterday. You had the retaliation against Kevin Kiermeyer, no matter what the Jays want to say. You had the lamest bench clearing ever. You could tell players on both sides were like, really? Uh, what was your take on that whole thing yesterday? Yeah, those are all those are all spot on observations. I, you know, there's two there's two takes I had. It, first of all, it's clear it was retaliation. It's just too obvious. And, you know, we're at a place where when these things happen, uh, the retaliating side has no option but to hold their hands up in the air and say, you know, make the Alfred E. Newman face and say, you know what, me worry? No, that, that we weren't retaliating. The pitch got away from me. It's, it's too difficult to prove actual intent 
without an admission. And nobody's going to admit to it now unless you're really dumb. And every once in a while, we get one of those guys too. bless their hearts. Uh, but that was obvious to me. So my two takeaways from that were this. First of all, for that card, for Alejandro Kirk to have somehow let that card get out of his possession is unfathomable because the way those things are protected, it's it's like they're the queen's jewels. I mean, they are there. There's a handler on the coaching staff whose job it is. And this is true of every team to collect that card and lock it up. Nobody's allowed to see it. Uh, certainly cameras can't get close to it because it's all camouflaged and coded. And if anybody outside the organization's inner circle ever asked to look at it as just a looky-loo curiosity factor, they'd be roundly denied that opportunity. So the fact that he dropped it is amazing to me. Uh, And then when the retaliation happened, I thought immediately of what I watched uh, the previous week in Chicago between the Angels and White Sox when Shohei Otani was dusted by Mike Wright after two unsuccessful attempts to hit him with two out in the ninth inning of a seven-run game and nobody on base. It was the perfect time to do that kind of thing, and it was right out of the La Russa playbook. And there's, there's too big a case history on Tony's retaliatory methodology for us not to be convinced that it was exactly that. But, you know, even Tony had to throw up his hands and say, no, no, no. And it was very convenient because Mike Wright had walked three batters in his most recent appearance, Oh, my guy didn't know where it was going. Well, you know, I, nobody bought it then. Nobody buys the Toronto Mia Culpa from, from this series. Uh, and that's just where those things land. I thought it was stupid, the retaliation. I got to tell you, uh, you know, the, the guy, uh, you know, leaves the card on the on the field. Kiermaier, in talking about it yesterday, mentioned like in that moment, okay, he has just finished running 270 feet. He's lying in the dirt at home plate. He sees a card and he picks it up. It's not like there was some you know big conspiracy to actually obtain the card. And I know that you know the Jays' feeling was, well, you should have given it right back. I thought, what are we now going to go to a place where if the pitcher's tipping his pitches, the opposing team is is feels obligated to yell it. Hey, sorry, you're wiggling your glove before you throw a fastball. <laughs> like, <laughs> tough. You 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 left a card there. That's on you. It's not on Kevin. Well, Jill. I know that, Take care of your business. Yeah, right, right. And I know that uh, you, being a Civil War buff, um, you know, if the Confederate Army had left a musket on the battlefield um, and opposing forces had picked it up, you're not pissed at the opposing forces for picking it up. I mean. You know, you left it right here where we compete. I picked it up. Live with it. Change your card. How about that? Right. Exactly. And by the way, that scenario that you just uh, laid out actually occurred uh, leading up to the Battle of Gettysburg. The Union forces collected some plans of Robert E. Lee and where they were marching. They were, if I remember correctly, wrapped up in in, uh, in a, a group of cigars. Right. That was cigar wrapping. So that was excellent by you pulling that example out of uh, the history books. Well, uh, we've been working together too long. When I'm in, unintentionally segueing you into uh, historical nuggets, that means we've worked together too long, I believe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, this, this weekend, we got Red Sox, Yankees. Uh, every game is going to be incredibly meaningful. I've written off both of these teams multiple times during this year. Uh, what about you? 
Yeah, I think um, I was a little bit more willing to write off the Yankees in their depths than I was the Red Sox because we were constantly teased by the Chris Sale is coming back narrative. Um, and that, that, that was enough to keep me interested. The Yankees are so confounding this year. Uh, you know, the, the Sanchez Homer late in their most recent win against the Rangers to finish off a Rangers team. That, by the way, um, you know, critics are saying, well, it was the Rangers that you have to win those games and look at what's happened. Look at what's happened with a team like San Diego that can't finish off teams they're supposed to finish off to stay relevant. So credit the Yankees for doing what they need to do. I was more willing to write them off. Uh, and the thing that's confused me the most about the Yankees, and I, I love the fact that the Yankees and Red Sox are meeting this weekend, and they're both at the peaks of their powers. They're both relatively healthy. They're both very engaged. They're both playing at a high level, and there's a, a postseason spot on the line. Like, we couldn't ask for anything better here. But the thing that's most confused me about the Yankees is – it's not the bad station-to-station game, how bad they are on base, their inability to avoid double plays when they're batting. It's what's gone on defensively in that infield. And it, you can't just blame Glaber Torres. What happened to Giovanni Urshela? What happened at first base with both of their guys who we thought were good defenders, Rizzo in particular? It's been a really mysterious demise in that regard. And those things come back in the postseason. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true. And I'd say the same thing about the White Sox. Not a good defensive team. And there might be a moment in a series in October where that costs you a chance to advance. So if I if I had a, a pick in this race, I think the Red Sox might be might be a little bit more consistent. And they're not a perfect defensive team either. Uh, but man, this weekend is gonna be great. And I it it's all potentially moving toward a Red Sox Yankees one game American League wildcard contest. Um, you know, insert all your your Bucky Dent imagery wherever you'd like. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know you're not old enough to have memories of the game in '78, right? Uh, you know, I, I recall watching it with my dad, who is a native of Somerville, Mass, and a long-suffering Red Sox fan. You know, long-suffering before the good fortunes of the last 15, 17 years. Uh, so I'm, I'm very aware of it. I do remember sitting there watching it. I was, uh, how old was I? I was 12 years old at the time. Uh, I can't remember a chapter and verse, but I certainly, uh, know the narrative having watched it over and over again, many times, including the ball and the sun and the start time and all that. I, it, we're, we're set for something potentially as significant as something like that. If it, if we get them in the wild card game. So my uh, outstanding memory of that game, and I remember so much of it. I was 14 years old. I'm a couple of years older than you are. Um, I skipped school that day to watch that game. And even though I was a Dodger fan, I was totally invested in the Yankees losing because the previous year, stupid Reggie Jackson had three three homers against my Dodgers. And I was rooting for the Red Sox to prevail in that game. Uh, And I skipped school and the game's about ready to start. And my stepfather yells out, Buster, the cows are out. They had broken out into a field, a neighbor's field. And so the first two innings, I had to go and retrieve all our entire Jersey herd. And I was like bawling the whole time because I had set up my whole day to watch this game. And I missed the first couple of innings that, and I was, I went down bitter Boulevard that night, that day. <laughs> Boy, uh, that's some, that's some real good backstory on the long suffering damage that you still suffer from. I, I appreciate the candor there. 
the best stories I've ever heard. All right. So, uh, you know, we always hear uh, every year some athlete will come out and talk about how nobody believed in us, like Jimmy Butler of the Heat in 2020. Give a listen. Nobody believed in us. Nobody. And we like it that way. So I don't pay attention to the rest of the country. I don't pay attention to what the talk shows say. Um, I pay attention to what we do every single day, what my teammates think, what my teammates say. That's it. Yeah, so my first question after that would be, uh, if you don't pay attention to what anybody's saying, then how would you know nobody <laughs> believed in you? But anyway, you and I both roll our eyes when people say that. I got to say, I think that the St. Louis Cardinals, when they spray champagne, they'll be 100% right if they say that. And I will support their right to say nobody believed in us because I certainly forgot about it a month ago. What about you? Agreed. Uh, You know, none of us really truly we always believe there's a little sliver of silver lining with teams like the Yankees or Red Sox who are struggling. I did not think the St. Louis Cardinals season was remotely salvageable, Uh, in particular in the first three months of the season when they were on a pace for one of the worst bullpen uh, collective performances in modern baseball history, especially in terms of the base on balls. But, you know, if we've learned anything about teams putting themselves back together again mid-stride, it came with the 2019 Nationals, who had a hideous bullpen for five months of the season, found the right combination down the stretch at the exact right time, rode those hot hands all the way to a World Series title. I'm not suggesting that, that the Cardinals have done that, but they've certainly overcome that bullpen, the injuries to the starting staff. The magic of Adam Wainwright is is uh, real this year. Paul Goldschmidt has done another Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, that is to say, kind of sleepwalk through the first two months of the season, then turn it on and become the future potential Hall of Famer that he is. Arenado's been great. Uh, Bader has put together a nice year. They've survived the injuries that we thought was were going to take them apart. I'm shocked that uh, they were allowed the canvas to get hot. But if you if you look at that division, uh, the kind of train wreck that exists below them and Milwaukee is clearly the class of the NL Central. But if you're if you can cobble together enough wins against second division squads like the Cubs and the Pirates, that's half the battle. And and good for the Cardinals for doing all this. I I, I mean that's really got to go down as one of the better stories of the season. The uh, uh, rise from ashes in St. Louis this year. You do a lot of play by play on the Angels games. Uh, the other day, Joe Madden was talking about what's to come in 2022, and it's pretty clear he's going to lobby for major upgrades with that roster. What's that going to entail? Do you think? Well, I think um, from what I understand, there's already a lot of lobbying happening um, by, you know, players and the very top of the payroll there. Mike Trout is very invested in the bring Max Scherzer to Anaheim effort. Uh, I mean, the price on Max Scherzer goes up every time he even thinks about touching a baseball because he's been that dominant. He smells a fourth Cy Young Award. He smells a chance at another World Series ring, and whoever has Max right now has Max at the very top of his game. You know, if it's Scherzer, that'd be great. Uh, but the fact remains, the Angels have a hundred million dollars committed to three players on the payroll next year between Trout, Rendon, and Upton, 
It's $100 million, which is more payroll than 12 teams had on their opening day books. So I don't know what the appetite's going to be like for a deal like Scherzer. Look, they've, they've been smart with their draft, taking all pitchers this year. They've essentially used the last two months as an audition platform to see which of their minor league arms might have a chance to be with the big league team next year. Uh, Patrick Sandoval comes back healthy. If uh, Cobb comes back and he's been a great mentoring veteran, I don't think they're far away. The big question is, what's the appetite to add more pitching payroll? Yeah, and they could use some other help, too, uh, like it's shortstop. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do there. So we can all talk about how they need to add pitching. We can all talk about different positions that they could uh, they could fill. But I think the question comes down to, you know, how much money does Perry uh, Manassian have to spend during the course of the wintertime? Yeah, yeah, the shortstop thing. I mean, there's going to be no shortage of names on the market this year, as we know, but none of those guys are going to come cheap, whether you're talking about Simeon or Correa or story there's no value there there's no bargain guy there so uh that's a really fascinating thing to follow all right matt thanks for doing this i will see you in boston you got it buster thanks dogs are an important part of our lives and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites that's why you got to check out next guard plus a foxaloner moxidectin and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Zero, zero, nine, six. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, reporter, producer for MLB.com. And Sarah, we had the a, the the strangest bench-clearing incident that we've had in baseball this year because it felt like after Kevin Kiermeyer got hit that maybe not everybody on the Jays' side was fully invested in the retaliation because it wasn't like anybody came sprinting out of their dugout looking for a brawl. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think the entire incident was just interesting and funny. I mean, I guess this is 2021 baseball. We've heard about these cards. I I think some uh, more traditional older baseball fans have opinions on them. I think they're fine. I think it's a cool thing that, you know, teams now do. But I, I thought the entire thing was so funny. It's there. He dropped it. And, you know, I mean, we knew that there was going to be some sort of retaliation like that. But I agree. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of energy minus uh the Blue Jays pitching coach, he was pretty incensed, but that was about it. Yeah. Well, and he was the one who probably Pete Walker's uh, work was probably shaken up by. But I, I also feel like that a lot of the scouting report stuff done by this time of the year, like everybody knows how they're getting pitched. 
<laughs> especially yeah. in division games, you know? Yeah. I mean, we could look it up on baseball. Savant. I mean, we could do it. I could pull up how, how to pitch a guy right now. I mean, it, it's not uh it's not a secret and I totally agree, especially in, in division game. I, I doubt they had something that was super uh, unknown that nobody else had at this point in the season. All right, let's play the numbers game. Number three. Number three is 40. So last night in a loss, I know, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit his 40th home run of the season. So we now have two guys who are 22 or younger in Fernando Tatis Jr. and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who each have hit 40 home runs this season. So this is only the 10th individual 40 homer season by a player at least that young, 22 or younger. This is the first season in MLB history where two players at that age have both hit 40 home runs. And it seems like, you know, Vlad is obviously contending with Salvador Perez, but we could have two guys leading their league in home runs at that young age. Only eight players under the age of 23 have ever led their league in home runs. And we've never had two of them in the same year. So a lot of history for those guys and potentially even more to come. Number two. Number two is 96. So we're talking about the great young crop of players in this game right now. I want to talk about Juan Soto too. I think he's going to get MVP votes. I think he's probably going to finish top three there. The top three finishers, by the way, could all be on teams that miss the playoffs. So I know his team is a little bit worse than Bryce Harper's team or Fernando Tatis Jr.'s team, but worth noting there. And of course, team record shouldn't matter anyway. He hit his 96th career home run last night. That's fifth most by any player before turning 23 behind only Mel Ott, Eddie Matthews, Tony Canigliaro, and Bryce Harper. And Harper is very much in reach for him to pass in these last few games of the season. Harper hit 97, so he's right there. And remember, this includes a season where Soto played in 49 games last year. Imagine where he would be on this list if last year had been a full season. And of course, Vlad and Tatis have maybe the most power of all these young guys, but it's you know worth noting that Soto's up there too. The other thing he did last night, in addition to that home run, is that he reached base safely four times. So he's now done that, reached base safely at least four times, 49 times in his career, 49 games, which is second most by anybody before turning 23, behind only Ted Williams with 54. So it's just incredible that pretty much every list you look up with him, he's trailing inner circle Hall of Famers and MVP winners. Number one. Number one is 94.7%. So those are the Cardinals playoff odds right now. Mm. Again, they were at 2.8% on September 7th. They have not lost a game in a really long time. They're up to an 11 game win streak, which is their longest since 2001. They're going for 12 today with Adam Wainwright on the mound. That would be their longest win streak since April of 1982. And of course, in 1982, they went on to win the World Series. Not sure if that will be in the cards this year, but this has been an insane run. And it's not even a question that they're going to make the playoffs at this point. And imagine if I told you this about a month ago. Yeah. Crazy. We talked on the podcast yesterday about how it it felt like, I, I mean, I, I know I dismissed the Cardinals. In my, I didn't even really pay attention to them as they went along. Uh, before you go in a moment, uh, we're going to hear from Salvador Perez in a conversation with Johnny Bench. Salvador Perez now is four home runs away from 50 in a season. So 
Sarah, do you think he'll get there? And, and before you answer, I want to give you his schedule coming up. Three games at Detroit against the Tigers. The next week, they have four games against the Indians, and then they finish up with a three-game series with the Minnesota Twins. When the bell rings, when the season's over, Salvador Perez at 50 homers. I think so. I mean, he's shown no reason that he wouldn't, you know, uh, games against the Tigers, if they're in Comerica, obviously Comerica can be a lit, a little bit uh, of a, a larger ballpark. Doesn't really, uh, there, there are some parts of that park where it's very hard to hit home runs, but uh, generally facing those teams, those teams in his division that he's been beating up on all year. I, I don't see why not. I mean, I'm expecting both him and Vlad to end up in the fifties. You know, we only have a couple games left here, but it's just four home runs. I don't see why not. It's funny because I, I kind of look at it. I don't think Vlad is going to do it. I think that Salvi's going to wind up getting it in part because of the meaning, uh, the meaning of the games. Yeah. Like I think that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to have situations where he's not going to get pitched to. And on the other hand, having covered <laughs> worst team I ever covered as a beat writer, the, uh, the Padres in 1993 went 61 and 101. And there would be times in that game when the pitchers were like, here you go. I'm going to challenge you with fastballs. And I think that's how Salvi's going to be treated down the stretch. He's going to have opportunities. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I was just thinking about the about the opponents, but that, that's a very good point uh, that Vlad is going to be in situations where, uh, yeah, they're going to need to pitch around him. I mean, it's not even a pennant race, but Shohei Otani, who's, you know, should also be in this conversation as one fewer. He got walked four times last night. So wow. I, I think that... Uh, Vladdy may be getting similar treatment, especially in those crucial moments that series with the Yankees and everything else down the stretch as they're fighting for a wild card. So I would love to see them all get there, though. I will say that. Exactly. All right, Sarah, thanks for doing this. Thanks so much for having me, Buster. So there was a really cool Zoom call. Hall of Famer Johnny Bench reaching out to Salvador Perez after Perez broke Bench's record for most home runs in a season by a catcher. Give a listen. Oye, ¿qué pasó, amigo? Hey, man, what are you doing? 46. Fabián. A little bit. Muy fuerte. Just like you, amigo. Oh, yeah, man. Just like oh, you. Congratulations. What a Thank change. You. What a change you made. Be consistent, be honest to you, Johnny. Uh, try to do the same thing every day. Be consistent. You know, my, my drill, uh, my casework. You know, uh, Pedro Reforce in here, my bank coach, my kitchen coach, he helped me a lot. Uh, Miguel Garcia, the BP Troy for us, Terry Bracha, hitting coach, you know. We put all that information together the last all season. My toes are in Miami, and, you know, thank God to keep me hot <laughs> and do what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it, must be a, it must be a time for a new contract. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Oh man, and your catching has stayed great, and and you've gotten some rest, which I'm glad to see. I know you were trying to catch all of those games, but yeah, stay yeah. fresh. Yeah, I know it was nice to do, but I just want to be like man. you. You're an old man now. Uh, I got 31. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that, but I know I'm gonna be like that. But I know. Uh, you know, I like I like I like to catch. You're like you. I just want to be like you. You know, and yeah. well, that was uh, I, I like you know going out and calling a great game was the number one thing a catcher had to do throw out runners block home plate and then hit and wow you've really combined it man go out and get Guerrero now man 
<laughs> hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to try my best. I, I always say that, you know. We're going to compete to the last game and see what happens. Oh, yeah. No, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. What a turnaround. And, and uh, tell Mike Matheny I said hello, please. I will. And, uh, thank Jeff for doing this. This is really good for you. And yeah. I'm really proud. Yes. Yes, and here, hey. And one thing, we want to invite you. I want to invite you to Kansas City. We want to honor your career in Kansas City, your family, your song. Uh, I don't know. Next year, just, just, just pick a day, John. We want to see you in Kansas City. Hall of Fame, I man. Love, yeah, I, I love to watch you. I love for my kids to see you play and, and, uh, the fact that you've done so well and you've, you've kept your, you've kept away a great personality. You've kept a great, uh, demeanor about you. You've got a great reputation. And that's the best thing of all. So I'm, I'm so proud of you for what you've done. And then, you know, your gold gloves, man, it's just amazing what you've done. And, and you've worked hard for it. You deserve it. I will. Thank you for being inspiration. Is that how you say, Pedro? Inspiration for me and for all the cases, you know. Uh, uh, and I, you know, I, I thank God for, you know, giving me opportunity to meet you, Johnny. You know, to spend time with me. Thank you for the, all the, the, ¿cómo se dice? Lo que, lo que me dice, los consejos. Advice. advice. Thank you for all the advice, Johnny, that you give it to me in the God Glow ceremony. Uh, I, I, from my heart, I appreciate that. Uh, and my family, too, because we're always talking about you. Uh, and I just want to be like you guys. You know, we're going to play hard for the rest of my career and see what happens, Johnny. Yeah. Me, amigo, congratulations, man. I'm telling you, it was so great and everything else. Stay healthy and go ahead and finish it up. Go ahead and take the home run title, man. <laughs> I will, Johnny. Thank you for everything. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for Thursday. Bob Makowski at Bob Makowski one writes in Buster. What's the latest on baseballs on the baseballs themselves? We haven't had an update since that spring. And he notes, by the way, this is another hashtag Bleacher Tweet burner account. You can add one more to your tally. Nice. Uh, look, I th- there's just a general assumption around uh, the majors that the baseball doesn't fly as much this year as it has in the past. Amy Chapman writes in thoughts on Dave Dombrowski's role in getting the playoffs to where they are now, potentially a wild card team. Not so much. Also, could he be playing C or D or E for the Mets GM position? No, I don't think so. Um, look, the Phillies paid a lot of money to hire him in the middle of the winter time uh, as they restructure for 2021. And I just I don't think there's any possibility that uh, the Phillies ownership would give permission to the Mets to hire their uh, the guy who's heads up baseball operations. Brian Roll is up next at Brian Baseball 5. Brian writes in, this thing about Kermeyer is so stupid. If you don't want a guy grabbing your scouting report, don't drop it on the field. How about to increase offense? Don't let your defensive players have those cards. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, I thought it was stupid. As I said to, uh, to Matt, I just thought the whole thing was really dumb. So I agree with you, Brian. Easily replicated research there on the Blue Jays. Mike Mosk is going to close us out today. Astros are two games in the loss column behind Tampa Bay. They have a three-game set coming up in Houston versus the Rays. I know you like Tampa Bay, but someone needs to bang the trash can. I mean, drum for Houston. Best run differential in the AL. World Series bound? Mm, well, they could. I don't think they necessarily a, a dominant team uh, in the American League. And yeah, Houston could wind up with the number one seed in the AL and Tampa Bay would wind up playing the White Sox instead. But I, I think that the uh, Rays will hang on to the number one seed. All right. Keep banging those trash cans and keep sending in those tweets. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. And please follow, rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
That's it for today. My thanks to Matt, Sarah, Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.